It's Sunday evening. Do you know where your Diamond Dogs are in the SEC standings? Well, yeah, you probably do, but let's talk about it anyway here in the Doghouse on the Believe Network. This is your Doghouse host, David Murray, and we're reporting in after the final SEC game of Sunday was, well, not finished, but suspended and then canceled. Auburn and Alabama tied 1-1 to after five innings. Auburn had the bases loaded and one out, ready to take the lead, and a game that meant a lot to the Tigers, and probably quite a bit to the Crimson Tide as well, although they're at opposite ends of the standings. Anyway, that game has been canceled. I am not exactly sure whether they will count it as a tie or not. Either way, it doesn't change the standings. But then we're not here to talk immediately about the standings involving other SEC teams. No, this sad Sunday evening, we're talking about Mississippi State. Uh, As we've written in our story covering the standings updates, uh, the Bulldogs have been clinging by fingernails and probably toenails and everything else they could get to 12th place in the SEC standings despite an eight-game league losing streak. Well, finally, the fingernails have snapped. Mississippi State is now officially in 13th place. Uh, Kentucky doesn't need a tiebreak. They won today at South Carolina, so they're 10-17. Mississippi State is now 9-18 with one SEC series left, and that puts them 13th, which is the first place out of the SEC tournament. Of course, only two teams missed the SEC tournament, but still, you're the first one out, so uh, the Bulldogs have the best chance of sneaking back into the field, well, except for who they play this weekend and other events, which we'll get to in a moment. But let's run through the standings really quickly. Uh, Tennessee, of course, is holding on to their lead despite losing a game over the weekend, and I don't know if they've officially locked up the SEC, but they might as well have done so. And certainly with a five-game lead over both A&M and Arkansas, I think it's safe to say they'll be the top seed overall going into the conference tournament. Then the interesting battle will be for the winner of the Western Division, which gets the automatic number two seed at the Hoover. A&M has slipped ahead by virtue of sweeping Mississippi State and, of course, their own series win over the Razorbacks. So despite being tied for second at the moment, A&M would have the lead over the Razorbacks. Auburn is in fourth place, and that's why they wanted to get that 16th win because right now they're at 15-11. and They would have been in sneaking distance of locking up probably one of those priceless first-day buys. As it is, they're only a game up on Vanderbilt, LSU, and Georgia, all at 14-13. And as best I can figure, the tie breaks, Vanderbilt would come out probably ahead in this mess because they beat Georgia straight up and have a tie break on Arkansas via LSU. I think the SEC will probably be using common record amongst them, but since everybody doesn't play everybody, that gets a little sticky. Eighth place, Florida, which uh, had probably a disappointing weekend overall. Ole Miss, hottest team arguably in the second half of the conference, swept LSU. Tigers now probably cost them a chance to uh, be a first-round host. Well, certainly any chance of a national seeding. The Rebels are playing their way into the NCAA tournament. South Carolina clinging to NCAA hopes. Alabama uh, 10-16, and 16, Kentucky 10-17. and 17. And here's the Bulldogs at 9-18, and 18, only one game up on Missouri. And think about this. Missouri, who tried to make a comeback late, only lost to Florida 4-3. to three. Had the Tigers beaten Florida and been tied in the record, they would have 13th place, and Mississippi State would be 14th and dead last in this final week. Yeah, 14th. That's very much doable because uh, the Bulldogs, again, are playing Tennessee this weekend, number one Tennessee. That's all, all that stands in Mississippi State's way 
of scrambling into Hoover somehow, some way, but they can't control their own fate in that regard because you still need teams ahead of you to lose. The fact that I am even mentioning with a straight face, okay, you can't see me, but my face is very straight, um, that they of getting into Hoover tells me that uh, either I'm a hopeless optimist or B, I've just been around this game too long because I keep harking back to 2018 when Bulldogs had to win a game to get into Hoover and the most unlikely team ever to reach the College World Series not only won that game but swept number one ranked Florida at the time. Now, Florida, of course, they really didn't care about that weekend. Uh, It showed, but still, State had to win the games and did. This is an entirely different situation because that was a scrappy Bulldog team that somehow, someway, in the second half of the season came up and made plays, made hits, made pitches, made fielding plays. Everything this current team is not doing, or more, I should say, not doing well enough. I'm not going to go through too many numbers, but I did spend a part of today's game uh, mostly to keep my mind occupied, but also to keep my mouth from saying things that shouldn't be said. Uh, Yes, even after four decades, sometimes the temper can get a little bit the better of your host here, but at least only the Morkies were around to hear me at the time. But let's run through a couple of numbers. Of course, ever since Mississippi State won the series at Ole Miss, in the 10 games since, well, you know their record, bad. They've only won once at Missouri, and that's it. They're right now with a nine-game overall losing streak, uh, counting the Samford loss, still an embarrassment last week. In the, not counting today's game, I'll, I'll get to that in just a moment, but in the 10 games since the Ole Miss series coming into today, I want you to listen to this number, or numbers rather. It's about starting pitching. Yes, we bash on the bullpen regularly, and Coach Chris Lamonis, in his polite coaching way, does the same. And the bullpen themselves will be the first to admit they are not getting the job done. But the starting pitching cannot go without at least this constructive criticism, let's call it. I've looked at the first inning of every game since that Ole Miss series, including the game in Pearl, uh, the Missouri series, Florida, A&M, and Sanford game. Again, not counting today. Now, today, they did not give up a run in the first inning, but they still had runners on base, so you can't say it was perfect. But anyway, in that 10-game stretch, the starting pitching, the rotation, in only the first inning, had given up 16 runs on 13 hits. 16 walks. Run that through your head. 13 hits, but 16 walks. So the teams were averaging 310, which is bad enough for a first inning because the first inning is when a starting pitcher is supposed to be heated up, ready to roll, take care of those guys who have not seen him, if not this year, certainly not for a year or so, and get get out there and you know put up a zero. Instead, State's given up all those runs in these first innings, but not just the hits, 16 walks. Now let's counter that. 14 strikeouts as well. But what do the strikeouts matter when you're walking guys on base regularly? You don't have to hit when you're getting free bases, and Mississippi State has been handing out free bases like lottery tickets. And as Coach Lamona said today, that – He said he was talking about today's game in general, but I think you can also apply this to the weekend, in fact. And Jim Ellis came up with a number. I haven't verified it myself. But Jim says that of all the walks in this three-game series at A&M, 
13 of those Aggies scored. Uh, not just walks. A couple of guys were hit by pitch, but we're going to call those walks for all intents and purposes. About half of the Aggie runs on the weekend, they reach base without having to swing the bat. And as Lamonis pointed out, he thinks that today every free runner that they gave up via Walker Plunk out of the bullpen scored. And they did. So, yes, the bullpen is going to be the one that gets bashed the most. But I want to point out, too, that starting pitching hasn't exactly covered itself in glory either. Now, they have basically the second through fifth inning, sometimes sixth inning, done a solid job. I'm not original in this. I'll give credit to an unknown internet poster who said it first as best I could tell. But if you could take out the first inning and then the eighth and ninth innings of this last half of the season, these Bulldogs would be dynamite. They've played really well in a lot of regards from the second through the seventh inning. But it's the first inning, a slow start, both pitching and offensively, and a terrible finish, both offensively and pitching-wise, that has doomed the Bulldogs to be where they are outside of the SEC tournament. Well, we gave up talking about the NCAA tournament about two weeks ago or so. And yes, we'll do our regular RPI update on Monday, only because once you start, you got to finish. You know, it's just that grind that duty calls. State was 105 going into the weekend. I expect them to fall even further. Of course, uh, A&M's RPI will probably take a hit to some extent from playing a team with a triple-digit RPI. But now that we've given up on the NCAAs, it's all about getting into Hoover if you can. But you look at this team and think, what have they shown in the last three weeks that they have what it takes to win games this week? Remember, they lost at Samford last week. Yes, Samford's a respectable program, but they were playing in a big park at Hoover, and Samford knocked two balls out of the park for grand slams. <sighs> It's just infernally frustrating. The walks are just killers. And we talked about it on Friday's Doghouse. In the SEC game only stats, this pitching staff was second best in the conference in strikeouts in, in SEC games only, and only trailing Tennessee and not by that much. And you know Tennessee's pitchers are getting strikeouts not just because they're good, but because they're playing from ahead all the time and other teams are desperate to hit the ball. So that's an advantage built in. Mississippi State is getting a lot of strikeouts even when playing from behind. But they're matching it by the most walks in the league in conference games. Maybe overall, I haven't checked that stat, but at this point all we're really caring about is SEC-only stats. So it's all or nothing, feast or famine. They get a strikeout, or they give up a free base or a walk, or a home run, or a hit, or an extra base hit. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it, and I guarantee Coach Foxhall can't explain it, nor can the pitchers themselves. Because you watch them in these games, they've got good stuff. They can throw the breaking balls. They can locate their fastballs. They're competitors. But something just isn't clicking, whether it's the starting staff and particularly the bullpen staff. And that's infernally frustrating. You saw in Sunday's game that – for the last three or four innings, State was playing the matchup game. And the matchups just didn't work out. Now, I'm going to say this. I wasn't at the ballpark. All I have is the view from the camera. That said, I am thoroughly convinced that Casey Hunt was robbed in his relief stint. If he gets the call strike that he so well deserves, Mississippi State has a great chance to win that game. 
All right, that's a silly assumption because they found ways to blow leads later on in games. But if you get out of there with a multiple run lead, you certainly feel more optimistic about it given the part of the batting order that was coming up for the Aggies. So I thought they got squeezed on Friday at crunch time. I thought they got squeezed on Saturday at crunch time. Today, no squeezing was required. They just didn't pitch well. After the, Yes, they held them scoreless, but even Coach Lamona said those first three innings is more kind of scuffling by both staffs there because both teams were leaving runners on base. Oh, yeah, runners on base. I don't have access to the runners in scoring position statistics. I'm sure they're out there, and come postseason, we'll start digging those up for reference periods because we want to look at that individually, not so much team-wise, but individually. But I do have some more numbers I crunched during today's game. Home runs. Yeah, home runs have been the calling card of this offense for all SEC season, and particularly the second half. You probably already know where it's headed, but I'm going to read it out to you anyway because here's the exact numbers. In their nine SEC wins, they've hit 25 home runs. Not bad at all. Of those 25, 12 were solo shots, but the total RBI were 44, so they were getting two and three and sometimes grand slam RBI off their home runs in the victories. Now, in the 18 losses, my gosh, 18 losses, They've hit 24 home runs. Do you see the problem right there? When the power is not there, the Bulldogs lose. So 24 homers in 18 games, and those 24 homers in the losses, 12 solos, and a total of 35 RBI. You see what I'm getting at. State is still hitting some home runs in their defeats, but they're not driving runners in other than the batter himself most times. Whereas... When they get multiple run homers, they have a much better chance of winning. Now, that's just one statistic, and you can always read way too much into that, just like you read too much in the strikeouts of this staff, because you look at the walks, and it totally offsets that. And besides, I go back to something one of the former baseball coaches here, who's now in the administration, used to say that strikeouts are not efficient, meaning it takes more pitches to strike a guy out than it usually does to get a fly ball or ground out. And that's probably why Mississippi State is so far ahead of number of pitches thrown in the conference this year because they're having to throw a lot more pitches. I wish there was a statistic. Statistic is one of those words I have. I can't say social security very well either. Just some kind of Jones County language blip for me. But in those statistics, I'd really like to know what, what the how many pitches it takes and how many balls are fouled off with two strikes against a Mississippi State pitcher because they get guys set up and while they do strike out a goodly number and most of them are swinging strikeouts it takes more pitches because balls are getting fouled off more often that forces the starters to work longer that forces the relievers to work a little bit longer show more of their stuff with probably inevitable results okay I've just thrown out some home numbers there some pitching numbers there the only numbers that truly matter of course is the record Nine SEC wins. Now, they've won three series, but they're still outside the Hoover Pale. What will it take to get them into Hoover? Yes, we must still consider that because, indeed, it is possible. Right now, obviously, you've got to steal a win against Tennessee. Somehow, some way. And can they do it? Yeah, any team that can hit home runs can win a game. Any team can get lucky on the mound. And Tennessee, admit this, in the last three weeks of the season has shown themselves maybe a little bit vulnerable to having a lapse. 
Uh, do I think the Vols will coast this weekend? Probably not because that's a feisty coach they have who um, wants to rub it in other teams' faces. So tempers may be flaring on duty to field this weekend a bit. But point being, how seriously can Tennessee be taking this, much like, say, Florida in 2018? If they relax a little bit, State has a chance to sneak in there and steal a win. Now, that would leave them tied with Kentucky, but as we note, Kentucky would have the tie break, not just over Tennessee, because they had they won the series Tennessee, so State would have to take two just to match that. But now they've got other tie breaks as well. Um, they have a win over A&M, which Mississippi State does not. The best chance State has to get into the tournament is to win one against Tennessee and Alabama gets swept. Alabama is playing Arkansas, so yes, an excellent chance to get swept. And by the way, that's another reason why you needed the Crimson Tide to lose the game today. It wouldn't have really affected them in that column. But now, percentage-wise, yeah, it's always about percentages. That's one less half loss on their record as well. See how it all works out? So, State needs Alabama to get swept, win a game against Tennessee, and then Missouri stay where they're at right behind. The Tigers are at Georgia. You feel pretty good that Georgia will take care of that. You think that Arkansas will take care of Alabama, but can either one of them pull off those sweeps? Well, that's what's going to be necessary in the case of Alabama. And, of course, bottom line, State has to win one game because they would have the direct tie break on Alabama in the win column. But would State at 10 and, well, let's pull out my handy-dandy little calculator right here and run the numbers. So, uh, it's not shaping up good. If Alabama finishes 10 and 19, 10 divided by 29 is 3, 4, 5. Say State finishes 10 and 20, 3, 3, 3. They lose. <sighs> so, State has to win twice. Yep, State has to win twice. Now, that's because that rainout is going to come back to bite the Bulldogs if they win just one game and Alabama gets swept. So there you are. The chances just got worse. And I just figured that out here while talking on this show. Well, that further is going to depress everybody Sunday evening and Monday morning, but it's not like we haven't seen this coming. So what's next? Well, they host hapless South Alabama on Tuesday night, but um, does that game matter? Well, yeah, to have any chance of a winning season, you've got to win that game. But then you'd still be one behind. Then you'd have to take a couple from Tennessee just to break even for the season. You've seen the statistics. You've seen the uh, chart put up repeatedly in the last few weeks by the SEC Network and ESPN about teams that win national championships one year and don't make the NCAAs the next year. Um, they started doing that just as soon as it looked like the Bulldogs are in danger. Well, now Mississippi State is certain of not making the SEC, uh, NCAAs. I say that because even if they get in the SEC tournament, could you really envision any scenario this team could last six straight days with this pitching staff? No. So just forget the NCAAs. They're about to join that roster, most recently Coastal Carolina, before that uh, UCLA and Arizona. However, what I want to check this week, haven't had time to do it today, but I'm going to check this week. When's the last time a reigning national champion did not even qualify for its own conference tournament? I don't like doing this. I only do it because it's history, it's statistical, it's factual, and it's worth reporting. 
but it's not worth banging on and using it as a club to beat the Bulldogs over their heads. They're doing that enough on their own. Trust me on that. This coaching staff is handling them as best they can, but it, it's the players now. It's That's all there is to it. So you have four games and one week left in this regular season and probably for all intents and purposes this season because, as I said, that rainout is going to be a stinker if that's the difference between making Hoover and not. And no, by the way, in case you ask, you can't carry a Friday starting series over into Monday. So as much as Auburn wanted to play the game, get the win, they can't play it. Just like any game this weekend, there's no game that can be played on Sunday, even if it impacts uh, seeding and subtly bid anything. Just to get that out of the way. Yeah, pretty gloomy for a Sabbath evening. I don't enjoy reporting it, but that's where things stand, and that's how the Bulldogs stand, 13th and likely outside the Hoover Field. So that means this weekend will be the finale for the 2022 team, barring some remarkable circumstances. Do I need to say it's possible? No, I mean, you know it's possible. So I'll just leave it at that. It's in their hands. If they can win a couple of games, they can play in Hoover, have a little postseason trip, and then start the summer. And then it's time to start looking at who's going to leave in the draft, who's going to leave through the portal, because you certainly expect a number of players in this roster to find new addresses next year, whether by choice or by necessity. And then what's available out there in the portal? Please, pitching, 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 pitching. You've got to find more arms for next year and a better mix of arms. Okay, getting a little ahead of sales. The postmortem can wait until the season is actually over and done with. But let's just use this week, four home games, as a chance to watch them. And oh, by the way, that trophy is still going to be sitting in the main entrance to Polk Dement Stadium. And no matter what happens this year, I'm still going to have awfully happy memories from 2021, which kind of assuaged the pain a little bit because. I know on the message board I got in a little squabble with somebody talking about, well, we're now a laughing stock. And I made the comment that, well, anybody laughing at State right now doesn't have the 2021 National Championship trophy in their possession. So maybe we can laugh last about that. Yeah, once we get past the pain of this season. But boy, for the moment, it certainly hurts. It hurts in the fan base. It hurts the Bulldogs themselves. And it stings here, even in the doghouse, where that's our Sunday evening wrap-up, and we just, that's really as much as we need to say or want to say at the moment. We'll be talking to you middle of the week as the Bulldogs get ready to host Tennessee, and keep an eye on the weather, of course. Looks like it'll be a hot weekend, but dry. So, if nothing else, show up at the ballpark and watch the guys. Remember, it's still Bulldog baseball. Win, lose, draw, it's Bulldog baseball. You only get so many games. You only, As I've learned at my own advancing years, you only have so many seasons to watch this. So come enjoy it to the fullest and just come because it's Mississippi State baseball. We'll be talking to you this week, and I hope to see you at the ballpark this weekend. Until then, this is your host, David Murray, in the Doghouse on the Believe Network.